Well, good morning and welcome to Direct Line. It is Thursday, October 20th. It is Stephanie, and usually I say it's Stephanie and Greg, but Greg, once again, is out of town. He is at a spiritual retreat formation conference, I think, in the Smoky Mountains. I'm not really sure where he is. He hasn't texted me much this week, but I have with me in studio today, Tobin Hess. Hi, Tobin. What's up? Not much. How are you doing today? I'm here. You're here? Good. Well, thank you for joining me and kind of hanging with me for this hour as we're going to discuss a lot of topics um, over the next uh, few minutes. Uh, We're going to have some guests come in here shortly. We are Mm pre-recording. We're we're pre-recording on Tuesday, actually. So if there's any big breaking news that happens between Tuesday and Thursday, we just won't cover it. Yeah. That's, it's just going to have to be the way it Pretty is. Much, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the way it is. But, hey, I do have some topics that I want to talk about right off the bat, some things that are going on in the world today. How do you feel about Chick-fil-A? It's amazing. Is it? Yeah. Chick-fil-A is God's gift to the world. <laughs> like, it's it's Jesus, and then it's Chick-fil-A. Ooh. Yeah. What, what happens when you get married? Yeah, it'll be Jesus and Chick-fil-A. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, here's an interesting article that I read this week. Um, studies show uh, that Chick-fil-A is the favorite restaurant of American teens. Now, you're not that far out of teenage. I right. mean, you're, what, 21? 21, 20, yeah. So a couple years past teenage. Yep. I'm kind of surprised. Are you surprised that Chick-fil-A is rated that high, number one, among teenagers? And I can see, like, parents, moms and dads, families – but of teenagers? Not really. Well, I mean, I, I think it's a little bit expensive myself. It doesn't seem like a teenager place to go, like, where they could afford it. I think teenagers think that value comes with price. So Today's teenagers yeah, do. today's teenagers. Interesting. Yeah. Well, this article says that Chick-fil-A has led the American Customer Satisfaction Index Survey for eight consecutive years. That's a long time. That's uh, a long time. They are number one in the category for friendliness and satisfaction with service. Do you know what year Chick-fil-A was founded? Take a guess. Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, does it seem like an old an old business or a fairly I'm, new business? I'm going to guess mid to late 70s. Okay. It was actually founded by Truett Cathy in 1946. Oh, my gosh. I know. That's a long time ago. And Truett based his business on biblical principles that he believed were also good business principles. And since 1982, their corporate purpose has guided all that they do, their website says. We keep our purpose front and center because it helps us to steward our business and our work to positively influence everyone we meet. Hmm. And you feel like that they meet that goal when you go there? I think so, yeah. I mean, I don't go very often. Obviously, right. we don't have one in Danville. When right. I go to Champaign, I see the line that's wrapped around the building. Yeah. So, obviously, they're doing something right, I sure. guess. I guess. All right. So, that's the first topic, Chick-fil-A. Number two, um, do you watch the American Music Award nominees? Honestly, before you sent me the article, <laughs> I didn't even know it existed. I don't watch any. <laughs> I don't watch any, like, yeah. um, what are those called? Yeah shows like the yeah, Emmys yeah, yeah. or the Grammys. Yeah, I don't yeah, watch yeah. any of yeah. those shows. But anyway, um the American Music Awards nominated uh Katie Nicole, Ann Wilson, and for King and Country among the top artists um in the in Christian in the Christian music world. What do you think of those artists? Have you heard of them? Um I've heard of the last one. For You've King. heard of King and Country. Yep. Well they're um, an Aust- aren't they an Australian group or New Zealand or something? Yeah. I think they're some, foreign. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. You've never heard of Katie Nicole? 
I probably have. She's a new artist. We have yeah. sung her song, um, A Big Hit, In Jesus' Name. Mm, yep, yep. Yeah, okay. and then yep. we also do at Celebrate Recovery, um, Ann Wilson's song, My Jesus, Let Me Tell You About oh, yeah, My yep, Jesus. Yep, yep. So those, um, those artists have been nominated for, like, favorite inspirational artists, different kind of things. But I just, I know you're really into music, so I didn't know if you were going to watch, like, these award shows or not. It's on November 20th, I believe, is when it's being held. Sunday, November 20th, in case you do want to watch it. But I don't. You don't sound like you're you're going to. I bet some of our listeners know some of those names in in the music industry. Here's an interesting one. Do you listen to TED Talks? I've listened to a few. I have not. In my time, yeah. I don't think I'm in the right... No, I don't know. I just don't know that I'm in the right age group for TED Talks. But I know what they are. Yeah. They're typically, what, talks on a particular subject for yeah. like 18, 20 minutes. They're not really yeah. long. Well, here's an interesting one. A Baptist uh, preacher out of Dallas pondered the question, what it would, you know, what would it look like to hear Christ deliver one of these 18-minute TED Talks? That would be very interesting. <laughs> what do you think of that? I, I, I don't know. I, it would be different for sure. <laughs> well, I guess he kind of gives us a TED Talk in the Bible, right? That's true. Yeah. Mean, the whole Bible is like a TED Talk, but well, it would yeah. certainly take more than 18 yeah. minutes. Well, yeah. this pastor, uh, Pastor Robert Jeffress, the senior pastor of the First Baptist Church in Dallas, thought to himself, if Jesus were to come back today and give a TED Talk, what would he talk about? And then it hit me. We already have his TED Talk. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. He says that readers can pretty much read the entirety of the Sermon on the Mount in about 18 minutes. Um, but despite its brevity, Jesus's talk contains so many essential elements to the human experience. Yeah. It touches on the subjects we care about most. Straight talk from the Savior about your money, your sex life, about prayer, about your eternal destiny, and about how to deal with your enemies. Interesting. So he wrote a book called 18 Minutes with Jesus, Straight Talk from the Savior about the things that matter most. So I think that would be kind of an interesting uh, book to read. And I kind of like the way he, you know, merged um, Bible with new technology and thought, what would it be if Jesus did a TED Talk? Very interesting. Okay, finally, uh, the last article before we go to break, I want to talk to you about this one. This is pretty um, surprising, I think. Here's the title of of the article. It should be scrapped. Christian parents demand the Church of England stop forcing kids to affirm trans ideology. So this is not happening in our nation, obviously. It's in England. But Nigel and Sally Rowe wrote an open letter to the Archbishop of Canterbury calling the institution to revise its valuing all God's children guidance because it mandates children as young as five years old must be affirmed by the schools if they wish to identify as the opposite sex. The couple's six-year-old son was labeled as exhibiting transphobic behavior by the school because he was distressed and upset after being told that he must refer to his friends according to their adopted gender using their preferred pronouns. So this is, okay, a six-year-old kid is in school, mm-hmm. and they call him, I'm assuming the adults are calling him transphobic. You have transphobic behavior because wow. he's gone to school, I'm assuming, with Johnny right. for, what, a couple of years as sure. a six-year-old? Yeah. And he's always called him Johnny yeah. and him. And now someone is telling him, you have to call him her, or whatever the mm-hmm. new name is. I haven't really thought about the stress that... I thought a lot about, like, 
um, that the transgender, how that would affect parents and families. Yeah. But I haven't thought about how it would affect schoolmates. Mm-hmm. Had you? Not really. I hadn't either. Well, so this fam, this these parents um, wrote this letter. Now, currently, the UK law prohibits citizens from legally changing their gender until the age of eighteen. Yeah. Okay, so you can't yeah. do it. Right. It's against the law until right. you're 18. We were also concerned for the harmful effects on the children who were allowed to socially transition as well as the effects on all the other children in the school. And um, the former, former attorney general, I can't pronounce her name, but she gave a speech about how the guidelines would change. So they, they by, by writing this letter to the Archbishop of Canterbury, they made change nationwide. Hmm. Uh, the former attorney general said, the problem is that many schools and teachers believe incorrectly that they are under an absolute legal obligation to treat children who are gender questioning according to their preference in all ways and all respects from preferred pronouns to use of facilities and competing in sports. All this is sometimes taking place without informing their parents or taking into account the impact on other children. Anyone who questions such an approach is accused of transphobia. In my view, this approach is not supported by the law. Good for these parents. Mm-hmm. I think it's amazing. And now they're going to go up against the Church of England. So I guess I don't understand how it works over there. Yeah. But obviously the Archbishop of Canterbury, that's where they started. And now they're going to go up against um, the Church of England. Now, yeah. you and I had a conversation a while back. You were talking about dating. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I was just asking you some questions. And yeah. you said something to me that I found very curious. You said that well, why don't you just say it, what you said Well, to me. <laughs> I, I, I often think about the fact that it's scary in this society that we live in today that I would have to even think about the fact that th- the person that I'm interested in might not biologically be female. Right. Which is insane. Right. Like, at the core, insane. It kind of blew my mind when you said that because, yeah. I mean, dating for me was... I, that never crossed my mind. Right. I mean, I knew I liked guys, and I knew the guy was a guy. Right. And I never thought about it until you said that. That is something that this generation has to consider. Yeah. It's crazy. And, I mean, is that a question that you just ask right out of the gate? Right. I mean, do you just <laughs> say, are you really a girl, and can you prove it? Or, right. I mean, I mean, right. or do you wait until you get to know this person? You're right. you're, you're already romantically, you know involved and you have feelings and then you ask yeah that's so weird Dobin it's it's pretty messed up um and it's it's crazy because in most romantic situations you would typically do the latter right you would wait until you know you know the person and then you would talk about you know the person's past right um intimate intimate conversations like if the person struggled with drug abuse before the relationship that's something you would talk about after you know them. sure but yeah it's really interesting that now we have this problem of yeah maybe they used to be a guy and now they're a girl it's like yeah how do you handle that Right. And so you're 21. Yeah. I'm, this article is talking about a six-year-old child and right. the trauma, really, that he's experiencing in his classroom just because his buddy has always been a boy and, right. and he doesn't know. Yeah. And so I applaud these parents who went up against, I mean, now they're going up against the Church of England. Right. And I don't know how that's going to turn out. Right. But um, what it says to me is stand up for your kids mm-hmm. and write the letter or 
you know, speak, speak back because I'm hearing you say as a 21 year old, it's something that you consider and you have to think about how you're going to deal with. Yeah. And six year olds are not, right. um, <laughs> they're not equipped to handle that. Well, they're not equipped to handle that, but they're also not equipped to make those kind of decisions either. No. And that's, that's why the law over yeah. there says yeah. you can't do it until you're 18. Right. So anyway, I thought that was an interesting article and an interesting viewpoint from someone your age yep. who um, is currently in the dating realm mm-hmm. and how that affects you. So, hey, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to have with us Sandra Lathrop and Bean Han. Bean is one of our sponsors. And we're going to discuss all things security in the church world. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, hang tight. We'll be back right after these messages. Well, welcome back to Direct Line on Thursday, October 20th. And we are glad to have in studio with us, we're pre-recording, we're glad to have in studio with us Sandra Lathrop, who is on staff here at Second, and Bean Han, who is one of our members here at Second, and also a Direct Line sponsor. So, Tobin, why don't you read to us the name of all of our sponsors we can't do without. For sure. Yeah, we want to say thanks to Don and Deanna Witzel from McDonald's, the Darbys from Sunset Funeral Home, uh, Christian Desiree, Daisha Robinson from Robinson Chiropractic, the team at Hans Tank Wash, Bill and Mary Lou Knight from Lakewood Insurance, and Dean and Gina Crandall from Morgan Stanley. That's right. So, Bean, we appreciate your sponsorship, and thanks for being here with us today, both of you. Glad um, to be here. What we're going to talk about is security in the church in 2020. Um, Sandra, one of your main roles here at Second is to recruit and train volunteers in lots of different roles. But I would say security is... A pretty large role for you. Is that correct? Yes, it is. I mean, both in maybe is it large in the number of volunteers or just it's pretty important because it's such a high hot topic right now. I think it's more the importance Mm -hmm. of it. You know, having that team and having them trained and ready to go is so important. Right. I don't think we realize how vulnerable our churches are. Right. You know, as we go um, church, I think we get a false sense of security. Yeah, you're supposed to be safe and secure when you go to church. You're you're just trusting everything's going to go well. But I think we've seen a rise in church shootings. You know, in fact, this year alone, we've had, there's been four already. In 20. Yes, in 2022. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about that, you know, that the odds are your church won't have an issue. But what if you do? Right. You know, being trained and being ready and have the having a team of guy or team of safety and security people ready and prepared to handle those crises is, is I, I think it's just vital. And I think it's responsible at this point to have that for our churches. Right. I have an article here that says since the Columbine shooting, uh, school shooting on April 20th, 1999, there have been 23 fatal church shootings. But this was written in 2020. So it's higher than that. And of course, you just said there's been at least four. Yes. Um, this year. Um, I Here's another article. Seven reasons your church needs a safety and security team or plan. Number one, you just said it, a congregational gathering is a vulnerable place. Number two, we need to be better prepared for emergencies. And it's not just, um, you know, acts of violence. It's also like weather-related or medical emergencies. Right. Number three, our churches often have qualified people who can serve in these roles. And it's a place, a great place for people who are sitting there. Um, they can get involved as well. There. These teams increase security in our preschool and children's areas. That's a big reason. I think people, when they come to church, they want their kids to be safe. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's another reason. Number five, church parking lots are especially vulnerable to theft. I've never thought about that. Have we ever had that happen? I don't think we've ever had that. Not Not that I'm aware of. Knock on wood. In most cases, a safety and security team will ease the pastor's mind. I think that's a good one. And not just the pastor's mind, but I mean, I'm on stage almost every week. It eases my mind, especially being when I know you're on the stage and what well, am I supposed to say? You carry, you conceal. Am I supposed uh, to say it that? It doesn't I did. matter, but 
Now well, they know. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to know that there's someone on the stage with eyes watching that can respond. Yeah, and I think it eases all of our minds. Absolutely. I think it does. Absolutely. And then, uh, of course, lastly, should something tragic happen, a safety and security team can guide uh, guide us, just the regular churchgoer, through what, what we should do. Well, I think we've seen here ourselves that there's been many medical issues. Right. You know, and the fact that we've been prepared for those, right. you know, has actually saved someone's life. You know, or, yeah. or actually brought them back to life. Right. You know, so so when you see that and, and having those people ready, prepared mm-hmm. and trained and know what to do, right. it's vital. Right. You know, because we you've got like what, three or four minutes to bring someone back. Right. And the fact that, you know, this trained team was able right. to do that. Right. Hey, that's 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 what it's about. And of course, in a medical emergency ha- can happen to anyone of any age, but sometimes it's that older crowd. And you know, often churches have a lot of older people that are attending, and a medical emergency can happen quickly with an older person for sure. So I guess, I guess, to a listener attending um, a church that has no security, Sandra, what would you encourage them to do to start the process at their own church? If there's someone listening and they're going, "Well, I go to church, but I don't think we have." I don't think there's anything in place. What would be the first step you would encourage them to do? Talk to their pastor, talk to an elder, yes. a deacon? What, I mean, what do they need to do to get that ball rolling? I think talk to leadership. Yeah. You know, talk to the leadership of their church. You know, they would be surprised that within their church, you know, the church body that they have, there's mm-hmm. probably people there who are police officers or ex-military, mm-hmm. you know, um, nurses, medical, all of those type things. And, and those are vital for that team. Right. You know, part right. of the, we talked about security. And, and so, you know, we... We have several different people who have come from different backgrounds that are helping us with our security team here, and, and they're just amazing. So we've got police officers that are currently police mm-hmm. officers. We had retired police officers. Mm-hmm. We have military, several different people who've been in the military mm-hmm. or you know, even been retired from the military for many years, mm-hmm. you know, just the fact that they've had that training. Mm-hmm. You know, we do trainings every year, and our guys take, take care of that and make sure that everyone's trained and, and continues to train and keep up with their training. So. Mm-hmm. So it's not a matter of just having that, but they can also train, you know, and, and know what to do. Right. So, Bean, you actually serve on the security team. And what is your background? I'm military, ex-military. Okay, ex-military. Mm-hmm. So um, what qualifies a person to be a part of a – now, I don't want to say like the like the medical part, part but say the s- safety and security part. What qualifies a person to get on a team like that? Well, we have – you have to be either – former military or police officer. So it's not just any average Joe that no, says, I want to no. be, our, our I want to carry a is, gun and no. I want to take care of issues. No? no. Okay. No. Now we are aware of other people in our congregation, of course, that carry right. and most, we know who most of them are. Mm-hmm. But as far as being on the actual team, we require that you be a, a officer, retired officer or, or former military. Yes. Right. Now you just did a training. Both of you just did a training session this past weekend with some of our volunteers. Explain what that looks like and what happens when you do a church training session like you just did. Well, what we try and what we did do, what uh, leadership pulled off, uh, Scott and Ed Mm -hmm. and Sandra was, this was kind of the first time you do it. You're just kind of being a broad stroke because you don't know when we first started the program. Mm -hmm. But now we've been here for a while, and we've had some incidents. Now, thankfully, and like Sandra said earlier, 99.9% of what we're going to do doesn't have anything to do with, you know, safety, uh, security kind of stuff. No, no, but but the incidents, the the scenarios that we had put together and trained on last Saturday were things that had actually happened here in our church. Can you give an example? 
Uh, well, just people coming in distraught. Okay. Um, people coming in uh, and you're not sure why they're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, people coming in that just don't quite look right. Mm-hmm. And what do you do with that when you want to be a welcoming place, mm-hmm. uh, you want to be a grace place, but at the same time you want to be a safe place. Right. And thank goodness our leadership, and we couldn't do it without the leadership that we have buying in. Mm-hmm. You were talking about how to get one started. If your leadership doesn't buy in, then you're not. Right. Uh, but thankfully we have that. Right. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking you probably have attended churches maybe of different sizes over, over your lifetime. Yes, of course. Why do you find a security team of importance for a church of any size? I mean, is it just for big churches? Is it no, for little I, churches? No, it's for everybody. I think you want to be safe no matter where you are. And, you know, some of the statistics you, you know, read off on some of the, the big things, which are highly unlikely to happen. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like we've always said, you prepare for war, pray for peace. And that's mm-hmm. what we, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. I think we've seen also some of these uh, instances of those shootings were smaller churches. You know, they right. weren't big churches. Right. Right. Yeah. I have a couple of articles here. Um, U.S. houses of worship increased security after shootings um, out in Laguna Woods, California, a town of 16,500, which is populated largely by retirees. They spend $20,000 a month just for their security. That wow. surprises me. Wow. Um, on May 15th, I'm not sure what year it was, May 15th, during a luncheon at their Presbyterian church, uh, there was uh, there was a shooting, killing one, injuring five other members of this Ty- Taiwanese congregation that met there. Um, officials said that the man, he had chained the church's doors shut. He hid firebombs inside before shooting at the gathering of elderly church members. I mean... Do- <laughs> And do you know, actually, people seen him chaining those doors shut, but they didn't have something in place to do anything with that. That's crazy. So, so, you know, that's, again, that's part of that whole security thing. You know, you have someone there that sees this going on and is able to jump jump in and say, wait a minute, you know. Right. Right. Yeah, you don't want to see, there's a balance. You don't want to see danger everywhere you look. But you just need to be aware. If you see right. something, say something. Right. And, now, that would have been a hate crime. And in the U.S., at the FBI, hate crime statistics show that incidents in churches, synagogues, temples, and mosques has increased 34.8% between 2014 and 2018. I found this interesting, too, in this article. The federal government has steadily increased the amount of funding it sets aside to help the faith community with security costs, but not all faith leaders are aware they can apply for it. Did you know that? I did not know that, but that's that's very interesting. <laughs> did you know that, Bean? No, I, they they haven't cut me a check yet. <laughs> yeah. So, no. Well, no. I find it interesting that that's a part of our government that there's funds that are available for churches um, for their security cost. I had no idea. They from twenty five million dollars in two thousand sixteen to one hundred and eighty million dollars last year. The feds increased the security Maybe in, we got a in raise, houses of worship. I think so. I think that's we should crazy. check into that. That's crazy. You know, nobody, Tobin, nobody ever thinks shootings are going to happen in churches. Um, that's where pe- that's where you go to seek refuge, mm-hmm. find peace. But when that space has been violated, it creates a restlessness of spirit. So as, you know, just a regular tender, you're oftentimes either on the stage playing or you're in the tech booth. What do you think about security in church? I mean, I grew up in church. I'm, there was never security ever. I mean, did any of you have security in the churches that you went to when you were kids? No, I never did. Yeah. So, what mean, do you think, Tobin? So for me, um, the church I grew up in, we actually had an incident where somebody came in off the street um, and while we were taking offering, because we were passing the plate at that time, yep. which is kind of a thing of the past, right. but 
um, he actually shoved over the old lady that was passing the plate around and took all the money. Wow. And uh, it actually resulted in the church closing because, you know, we didn't have money that week. Wow. Um, You mean closing for good? Yeah. Yeah. Final shutdown? Yeah, like it was was that big of a deal. Wow. Um, And so, you know, with that incident in mind and then, you know, the church that we went to after that, there was a lot of like awkward instances Mm -hmm. of, you know, people getting up in Mm -hmm. front of the congregation Mm -hmm. and saying some really weird things. Mm -hmm. Coming to Second Church, I really value that we have people in place to prevent those sorts of things from happening. That's the the thing. Um, Again, it's not about active shooters. It's about crises or things like that. So I don't want the congregation to think, you know, our, our safety team wears red shirts, and I don't want them to think you just come to us if you see someone waving a gun. You know, any crisis that you <laughs> right, have that right. you've got a question, steer them to one of those people, right. and we can get them to the to the help they need. Right. There's a lot of, I think, mental health issues in, that yeah. make people sometimes act in ways that are just odd. or And the average person sometimes doesn't know what to do, so they just don't do anything. Yeah. Right. And I think it's, be- it's better to – I, I like that you guys take the time to train. How do you handle it if there's someone that comes in that's obviously exhibiting mental health, um, they're in a crisis, how do you handle that in, in a respectful way with dignity for them, but as well as, you know, keeping, um, keeping and, yeah, a and I don't profile. know that you could train. I think you invited 138 people mm. yes. to come Saturday. So you couldn't train that many people to right. finesse that kind of stuff, yeah. but you can train them how to guide them to yeah. us mm-hmm. right. and mm-hmm. let our handful of however many we are. Uh, handle that rather don't right. try to handle it yourself we just teach you teach the congregation the greeters and sandra's team mm-hmm. guide them to us so yeah. we can take them where they need to be mm-hmm. right and you guys have done de-escalation training right. and different mm-hmm. types of training to deal with the mental health and right. issues mm-hmm. and so that was the big thing with with what we did saturday was using all the volunteers to direct people to you know to where they needed to go with the with the security team. And right. the difference is when you were asking a small church versus a big church. In a small church, everybody knows everybody's business. Mm-hmm. I mean, they right. just they know you know they know. Yeah. Right. Here, you don't know. Right. I mean, right. we have people that have been going to church here for years, mm-hmm. and I don't know them. Right. And so. What's you know, we have a them. lot of baggage that comes through, as it should be. Right, yes. A lot of baggage sure. comes through that door. Sure. And you don't know, you know, what's mm-hmm. going to do what that particular morning. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it. It's a ministry, too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you, you have to have it as a ministry because, you know, we want everyone to come and hear about Jesus. That right. is so important. Right. And so even our security guys, you know, just having their hearts, um, mm-hmm. you know, and praying for them about keeping mm-hmm. their hearts where yeah, they need to be. Yeah, thank you for saying that because we're not bouncers. No, no. We're not bouncers. We're going to love them them we might have to love them with an arm on their shoulder but we're going to love them and they do you know our our security team are are, they're wonderful guys you know and they they really care about people and you have gals too it's not yes women yes you have medical uh, professionals who i I love that we have you know exactly where to look in the in the sanctuary it's where the red chair is that that's a medical person and we had a medical emergency even this sunday and um boy they act so quickly and they they get there to help the people they they do and and so we've come up we've had time to come up with different plans and right. set things up and, and so we continue to work on that and, and do better and right. the guys are the, the
the uh, safety team is really good at yeah. looking at that and you know seeing what we can do better. Well, we appreciate all that you do, Sandra, for all of our volunteers, but particularly with this safety and security team. Security team, thank you for taking the time and the effort and the energy to help train them so that they are confident in what they do, so that then the regular church member can be confident. I can come to church and I know if something happens in my row, someone's going to take care of it. So, Bean, thank you for being a part. Again, thanks for being a sponsor, and uh, we hope that you'll stick with us. And when we come back, we're going to be discussing Halloween and Fall Fest things going on at church. We'll be right back after this. Well, welcome back to Direct Line. This is Tobin, and I'm here with my friend Stephanie, and we've got Kenna here with us. Hello. So uh, we're going to be talking about Kids World and Halloween and uh, some security stuff and just all the fun things. Yeah, let's kind of... Ba- you know, piggybacking on what we just talked about with Sandra and Bean, who are part of um, the security team here at, at Second. Kenna, I mean, kids and children's ministry is so important in churches. And parents want to have their children in a church where they feel confident that their kids are going to be safe and well cared for. So speak to, uh, briefly, you know, just speak to security um, in the church as it relates particularly to children's ministries. I think that it is sad that we live in a society where we have (laughs) to have security, Mm -hmm. but we are most certainly blessed that we do have security and the security team that we do have here at Second and the measures that we've taken. Right. Let, let me go back. How long okay. have you been on staff? It'll be 25 years come February. Okay, so, so 25, years. 25 years. When you first started, what was what were the security <laughs> procedures in place? There were none. Okay, zero. Zero. I, but it was a different world 25 years ago. Exactly. And somebody would come to pick a child up, and you could just send that child because, oh, right. I recognize that face. But right. we can't do that now. You know, in our church now, there are generations. I know generations worth of, worth of kids. Right. And their grandparents and even great-grandparents. And there are cases that you can't let the child go with a grandparent. Right. Because it's just not safe. It's not safe. It's not who we have registered as their pickup person. Right. Um, So we have not only our security team Mm -hmm. that takes such good care of us, we have so many security measures within our department. Uh And Kids World is infant through fourth grade. That you come in a classroom and you know, a parent knows that any adult that is in that classroom has been background checked. Okay. Every, that's not an exception. Right. Um, they know that when it's time to pick their child up, only the person with the security tag for that day mm-hmm. can pick your child up. If so you even look, if you know, you know 100% yes. who this family is, you, you know who their kids are, you're still not going to give that child if someone doesn't have that tag. Exactly. Even to, if it's dad. Exactly. Yeah. You never know. If mom has the tag. Unfortunately, mom has the tag. exactly. Yeah. You never know. Just this last Sunday, um, a family that is here every single Sunday, mm-hmm. the parents are volunteers all over the church uh-huh. in Kids World, in uh, student ministry. Mm-hmm. They're just all over the place. And one of their preschool children lost their name tag. Okay. So they, my volunteers that taught in the class, would not let that child go because there was no tag to match. Mm-hmm. So what they have to do in that situation is they have to get security and they mm-hmm. get me and mm-hmm. we have to make mm-hmm. that call on who. So then I have to go back to who checked the child in? Who right. did I see them come right. in with? It kind of seems like overkill, but in today's age when there are um, so many family issues and Correct. Uh, like divorce or custody issues, you have, you, you're right on target to do this because anybody Absolutely. could walk in and say, that's my child. Absolutely. And it could be their child, but they may not have the legal right to be with that child. Exactly. Yeah. So over all these years, like I said, I've, I have families that I've taught their parents. And right. then, you know, maybe I've been friends with the grandparents. Uh-huh. 
We had a situation a couple years ago where everyone in our department knew the child. Mm -hmm. They knew the child's parent. They knew the child's grandparent and even the child's great grandparent. Okay. But yet that child was in the custody of the state. Ah, okay. The foster family also is attending second. Oh, boy. They brought the child to class. Wow. Well, because everybody knew the parents and the mm-hmm. grandparents, you would think that it would be okay to say go. Mm. But we know that we can't. Right. Only if you have that security right. tag. Right. And our security tags, they are different every morning. If you were to walk in with your child and you print off a security tag, if somebody comes in two minutes after you, even a minute after you, and they print that child's tag... That name tag would not match hmm. what the child is wow. wearing. That's awesome. Do that by design. Yeah, yeah. So we talked earlier with Sandra and being um, some some people have attended the sur- the security conference in Indianapolis recently. You went to that. Did you right. learn anything new, or did it just kind of uh, validate some things that you have have learned over the years? We learned new things, yeah. and it validated a lot. We mm-hmm. came away knowing that we are a blessed church mm-hmm. to have the security team that we right. do, right. led by those men here who mm-hmm. who just know the importance of keeping our children safe. Mm-hmm. Um, we learned some new things, mm-hmm. and there's some things that I don't think we talk about mm-hmm. because then you don't want know. us to. Know. That's right, our security <laughs> protocols or whatever. But I, it was it was it was a validation that we're doing a good job. Right. But we also learned that there's a couple areas. It's like oh. We need to step up our game. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I, I love it when we get a fire alarm around here on a Sunday morning. <laughs> so you next-gen people towing over next-gen, you often open a door and sometimes the, yeah. the haze or something yeah. comes out and yeah. it'll it'll set off a fire alarm. And I think it's I think it's funny because in our meetings afterwards, like uh, many of the adults don't leave the building, but yeah. your group, you evacuate anytime time. there's a fire alarm. Yeah. And one day it happened, I think, four times, yes. right? Four yes. or five times. It could, that it couldn't get that thing to stop going off. You would bring them back in. Then you had to take them back out and you know some people might say well why that's dumb why do you do that there's not a fire uh exactly it's it's good that you do that parents can trust you right we had um i do a a yearly volunteer training and appreciation with my group and we always ask security to come in and just talk to the volunteers yeah and our uh, head security he said i just want to tell you that when it comes time for those smoke alarms You're the only department that we don't worry about. And we have the most. You know, we have more right. kids in right. so many different classrooms. That any, I, during a Sunday morning, there could be one, two, three, four, uh, five, nine different classrooms of kids right. that we have got to get out. And we get them out. Right. And we get them out quickly. And then we bring them back in. And then we get them out quickly. <laughs> well, but it's good. We know what to do. Absolutely. And par- like I said, parents want to know that their kids are going to be taken care of right. in, in that kind of an emergency, you know, even like an active shooter. You guys have a plan. What happens if there's an active shooter in the yes. building? You lock down and the kids, I mean, they are safe. They are. They're, they're safe. We know where to go. Uh-huh. We know where to go that we can't be seen. Right. We were, we know where to go that we're not in any main area mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know, somebody right. may be in. Right. Um, all of our rooms are locked. Right. You can't get into our rooms. Right. Um, we can get out, of course, but you cannot right. get in. Right. Um, our nursery and our preschool areas, we call them suites. Mm-hmm. And there's actually an entryway that a parent can come in, but you can't get any further than that suite area. Right. And right. it's just, we designed it this way just to keep these children that we've been entrusted with right. safe. Well, it's awesome. Let's Thanks. let's change uh, subjects a little bit. It's Halloween time, and lots of parents and kids, um, you know, around Halloween are looking for places to go, maybe for an alternative. Why is it one of your priorities to provide a Halloween alternative? 
why don't you just say, eh, go trick-or-treating in your, in your neighborhood? Because it's scary. <laughs> it is so scary. And Halloween is, is a dark day anyway. Right, right. Um, and it's just, I think as time goes on, it just gets scarier. And people, that's the intent is to scare mm. into the blood and the gore. Mm. And we just don't want that. Right, we want our kids right. to have a safe environment that they can come. They can still get all the candy that they, well, that not that they need because it's way more than they need. Right. But they can have fun. Right. So we have, even before I came on staff, mm-hmm. we've done a Halloween alternative. Okay. How have those changed over the years? We have had so many fun things. <laughs> when I first started on staff, we had done an event for two years. So I think we've done 28 events now. Wow. Um, and it was called That's Truth. a lot of Halloween. Halloweens. You haven't it even been was. alive for that many Halloweens, Tobin. Yeah. That's a lot of candy. Over that the is years. a whole lot of candy. Uh, oh my goodness, candy is a whole other subject. Yeah. But, um, we did a thing called Truth and Treat, yep. and you came in, and our church was much smaller then, and you came in and did a tour mm-hmm. of, of per se, I guess, and you went in and watched a Bible story come to life. So okay. people would do the truth, mm-hmm. and then you would get a treat mm-hmm. or treats, of mm-hmm. course, and then you'd go to the next room. Right, right. And we did that for a couple of years, and then we did trunk and treat and i believe that we were the first Mm -hmm. uh if not the first one of the first trunk Mm -hmm. and treats in the area Mm -hmm. and we would have so many cars and we were very specific then too it couldn't be a scary theme it had to be a family friendly thing and they would come through and get their treats and then we just decided that okay this is great and they're getting candy Mm -hmm. but what's the purpose of it Mm -hmm. so we started doing it uh programming with a purpose Mm -hmm. so we did an event called uh light the night Mm -hmm. for several years Mm -hmm. and it was in the building Mm -hmm. and we presented the gospel in a fun way Mm -hmm. we sang we did puppets Mm we just we did a balloon drop one year Mm -hmm. and that was funny because the it didn't work and we had to cut the rope and (laughs) but the kids loved it it was great and they still just go home with so much candy so now this is year two for our family fall fest and it's not just for children's ministry it's a family event so it's an all church event and I am so excited because it's not just myself right. but our entire staff yeah. everybody has a job to yeah. do yeah. and uh now is it on halloween night it is not this year okay. this year it will be sunday october the 30th right. from four to six okay we are praying for good weather because yeah. we'd like to be outside right. we were outside last right. year it was windy but we we survived yeah. the kids can still come in costumes adults right. you can too mm-hmm. and uh, lots of adults did they do and it's we, fun oh, there was a family last year that was from forrest gump there yeah. was jenny and forrest and the baby it was so cute yeah. Um, so come in a costume, that's fun, but we'll have games and activities. You'll get a ticket because we really want to know who's here. Mm-hmm. So we're going to ask you, you know, mm-hmm. to go through a like little welcome area mm-hmm. and you'll get a ticket and you get a hot dog and mm-hmm. popcorn and mm-hmm. water and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And you, with that ticket, you'll get your name in a drawing. We're going to give some prizes away, awesome. some church swag and some yeah. other fun prizes. Yeah. Hay but ride. Hay rides. Yeah. yeah. And there'll be, Bouncy I think it's houses. called bazooka tag or something. Yeah. Um, Yes, we're going to do uh, bounce houses, then all these carnival-type games. Fun. There should be some miniature horses here. That Fun. was huge last yeah, year. Yeah. There'll be a t- um, little like car show or a uh-huh. touch-a-truck type right. of thing where we're going to have... Um, emergency personnel mm-hmm. equipment or that kind of thing some old cars some, and kids can like absolutely look semi truck they yeah. can get in yeah. Yeah. so it'll be a lot of fun it sounds like a lot of fun tell me again the date and the time sunday october the 30th from four to six so does it get dark that 
The time hasn't changed. The time has not changed. It'll be getting dark as yeah. we're finishing. Yeah, it'll be fun. So we'll clean up fast. Yeah. Well, thanks for all that you've done over the years. Well, thank you. Um, to, to not just hand out candy, but to do things with a purpose around here. And um, you've just had a big impact on kids and families. And so if you're a family out there listening, you're looking for a place to be, a fun and safe place right. to be on uh, Sunday, October 30th. Bring your kiddos, get dressed up, and come have dinner with us free. Rick lighting hot dogs That's right. and kettle corn, kettle or, corn. or popcorn. Yeah. 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 So it's going to be a fun night. So thanks for all that Thank you do. You. Appreciate that you keep our kids safe Thank and you. that parents can know when they come here to church, uh, their kids are well taken care of. They are taught and they are loved. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for being with us. Hang tight and we'll be back right after these messages. Well, welcome back to Direct Line. It's Stephanie and Tobin, and Kenna has stuck with us. Thanks for being with us again today, Kenna. And, you know, Greg always has a history segment. Mm -hmm. And so today's history segment is an event that happened two years ago on October 21st, Mm -hmm. 2020. Yep. You want to say what it is, Tobin? That was the day that I walked out of Dale Daniel's office with a job at Second Church of Christ. Well, that is a great day in history. I yeah. know. Only two years back, but a good day in history. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yep. So you've survived two years, and and you survived COVID in that two years. I did, I mean, yeah. What a weird way to start a job. It was definitely different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you. You've done a ton of things around here. Advanced technology. We've become good friends. Oh, yeah. I mean, today is Taco Tuesday. We're going to go eat tacos after we record this. Well, I think tomorrow we should have staff lunch to celebrate your two years. (laughs) I think that's a phenomenal (laughs) idea. I think we will. I think we will. Hey, Greg always ends with a good news segment, and I do want to end with this good news segment. Um, A honeymoon couple, the hero, they save babies from a burning building while they are on their honeymoon in Spain. So they're down they're walking around town and they see this building on fire they see some women you know screaming and they the guy himself i think they both do they both run in and there's like 15 or 17 babies i think they he gets them into the you know one or two cribs or whatever and starts pushing these babies out saves these babies on their honeymoon Hmm. isn't that good news that is good news we need them here on a sunday morning (laughs) for all those (laughs) (laughs) for all the smoke alarms (laughs) well maybe you can learn from them but i think that's pretty awesome a great way to start your marriage on your honeymoon they saved some babies so good news for them that's awesome well we want to thank again kenna osborne our children's minister for being with us today we're thankful for sandra lathrop and the great job she does with volunteers for being han who joined us who's a member of the security team and also uh one of our sponsors and again for tobin hess for two-year happy anniversary we're so glad that you are here and we will welcome greg back next week after he gets back from his travels and we will hope that you will join us next week for another episode of direct Line. Have a good day.